Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, going to be previewing Kentucky basketball's matchup versus Yale tomorrow. Also, going to be speaking with Andy Patton of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Going to be breaking down contenders and pretenders across the college basketball landscape. We're also going to talk about the Wildcats and where they stand currently, whether or not they have a legitimate shot to make a run. The answer is they do. We'll talk about that later on in the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Guys, I want to remind you that we are free and available wherever you get your podcast, and we're on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. It would mean a ton. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Kentucky versus Yale. This should not be a particularly close game. (laughs) Just to be honest with you, coming out the gate, there are some concerns, and we'll get into those later, but just kind of give you an overview of the Yale Bulldogs. I assume some of you out there have heard this type of phrase going around, it's giving. And it's a very annoying phrase. It's kind of dumb. But whenever I was doing the research for this episode, I realized, and I put it down on my notes as a joke, it's giving Virginia. And what I mean by that is this is a very similar team to the Virginia Cavaliers statistically and kind of how they do things. So you look at the overall just raw numbers. Yale has a really good defense. They're giving up less than 56 points a game and they're scoring about 78 a night. That sounds really similar to the Virginia Cavaliers. They play really, really stout defense, and on top of that, they have a decent, efficient offense to go along with it. Now, they're not lighting up the scoreboard, right? They're not lighting up the scoreboard, only 78 points a game, which would indicate that because the scoring average is not higher for these guys, they don't play with a lot of tempo. You go and watch a game, you can confirm. Watch their most recent game against Butler, uh, with the, a loss that they took 71-61. to 61. It's a slower-paced team. They're actually in the bottom third in the country in terms of adjusted tempo. So it's a slower-paced team with a de- decently efficient offense and a pretty stout defense. Sounds like Virginia to me. It's just it's, 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 it's in the Ivy League. It's the Ivy League version of the Virginia Cavaliers. You look at their schedule, just to kind of give you an idea of like who they played this year, uh, straight up, they've barely played anybody. Two of their games are not even teams that you can find on Kimpom. I had to go Google these teams because they did not sound real. Their season opener was a 96-41 victory over Sarah Lawrence College, uh, which is a nonprofit college in New York, I came to find out. And then I believe their fifth game of the season was against John Jay. Okay, get this. John Jay College of Criminal Justice. Yeah, that's a serious opponent right there. They took a dub there, 112-55 to 55 in that contest. Their two biggest games of the year that they played so far against Colorado and Butler, they both, both lost. Biggest win so far was an overtime win over Hawaii at Hawaii, may I add. So yeah, this is a pretty decent team that has not played anybody. I'm curious to see what the Ivy League slate 
gives them, they've been a decent team over James Jones, who has been there since 1999, the head coach there. They've been a decent team over the past few seasons. It's just they've lost a couple of pieces that made them really special uh, over these past, I would say, what, three years, maybe since that 2020 season. So they're kind of retooling. They're in a retooling stage, it looks like to me, uh, just based on looking at their roster. Four of their top five scorers, though. This is probably the most interesting note here. Talking about these guys being as efficient as Virginia, they're not there, but get this stat. Four of their top five scorers are shooting 50% or better from the floor. Four of their top five scorers. And you go down and run through those top five scores there. I would say that the obviously the biggest one there is Matt Noling, the Ford 16 points a game, four and a half rebounds. He's shooting 64.6% from the floor. He's going to be the guy that I think we've got to watch out for here in this game. Their best, best three-point shooter has a last name that I can't even pronounce, so let's just call him John. <laughs> let's just call him John. 45.3% uh, from downtown is John Pulakidas, I guess is how you would pronounce it. I know that I'm way off on that, and I just humiliated myself. Uh, but anyway, let's keep it pushing. Yeah, so those are the top two scores for the Yale Bulldogs. Really efficient uh, shooting overall. Unfortunately, you go to Ken Palm, it kind of tells a little bit of a different story as far as their three-point percentage. Only 199th nationally, which is obviously just slightly underneath uh, average here in Division One college basketball. If you do not shoot well, just talking about the Wildcats here. If you don't shoot well in this game, Kentucky, you will still win, I think, regardless of what's happening on their end. And this goes back to an old adage, a thing that I've kind of refrained upon time and time again when doing these, these breakdowns. I think Kentucky, relative to most teams that they will play, especially in their non-conference slate, they have more talent, and on top of that, they're playing at home. That's essentially this, the size up in this game, right, is that Kentucky has the horses and they're playing at home. Very rarely, a shout out Evansville, I believe, very rarely do you see Kentucky fold against one of these lesser opponents in Rupp. It just doesn't happen a ton. And also, I think the stats have a lot in Kentucky's favor. For instance, Yale's entire starting lineup is six foot seven or shorter. And we've talked about the issues with Oscar Sheebway and whether or not he can match up well against size. Well, I'm not quite sure how much Kentucky's going to play him in this game, but I know one thing for certain. He's not going to have an issue with size in this game. He's going to be able to kind of, I would assume, do what he has done against most teams over the past year and, and change, which is dominate inside the paint. I would expect a good game from Shibwe. Again, I go back to if you don't shoot well in this game, Kentucky, you're probably still going to end up winning. You have the size advantage. You're a more efficient team offensively, which I know I've been hyping up Yale this entire time, saying that they're really efficient. Kentucky's actually more efficient, believe it or not, for all the complaints that we get about their offense. And they've played significantly better competition, in my opinion. I mean, you, I know that some of you are not as into Kim Palm as I am, but you go and look. They've played three teams in the 300s this year. They've played three teams in the 300s, and there are, what, 363 teams in Kim Palm? They played Mississippi Valley State, who's 362nd. Caught a dub there. So, yeah, they, they've not essentially played anybody, and I know that statistically they've kind of been able to do what they want to against these lesser opponents. But, yeah, I think that, that, that sentiment right there I think is going to translate to this game. 
I think Kentucky is going to do what they want to do statistically against a lesser opponent, and we're probably going to come out of this game saying, okay, great. You know, it was really, really nice that you got to pick up that win, Wildcats. Now go and do the same thing against UCLA here in just a week. So that's kind of the assessment for this game. They've got two really good shooters, one forward in particular that I think either Jacob Toppin or Chris Livingston or Oscar Shibway is going to have to lock down uh, in this game. I'm not quite sure what Kentucky's going to do defensively in that rotation. I'm not sure what man they're going to put on him. I would assume it's Toppin. would assume it's Toppin. We'll have to see, though. Uh, This team's shorter. This team's less athletic. Um, I think that Kentucky's going to take the dub here. To give a score prediction in case I just happen to end up being right for fun, I'm going to go 80-63 to as my final score prediction. 80-63 to in favor of the Wildcats. If you've got a score prediction or if you want to kind of give a shot at what you think is going to happen in this game, you can leave it in the YouTube comments below. All right, we've got a conversation coming up with our friend Andy Patton of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Going to talk about pretenders, contenders, and where the Wildcats fall and whether or not they are legitimate or not. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional player and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all over here at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those over at BetOnline as well they are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix and you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action that is bet online where the game starts joining us now on the friday edition of locked on kentucky is andy Patton, co-host of the locked on college basketball podcast andy really appreciate you coming on i wanted to kind of get an overall look for my listeners of the college basketball landscape and now that we've kind of gotten a sample size of some of these bigger teams out there in the top 25 and in the net rankings i kind of want to go through some of them and ask you whether or not they're contenders pretenders maybe the jury is still out on some of these teams but there's some big name teams out there, and I want to start with the number one team in the country, the Houston Cougars. Currently nine and zero right now. They've got a couple of interesting non-conference games coming up that will continue to test them. I want to ask you right off the bat: contenders or pretenders? The Houston Cougars. You know, I think they're contenders, but uh, like you said, you kind of touched on it. They really, we're going to find out a lot more about this team in their upcoming games. The Alabama game, the at Virginia, those are two really, really tough games. I think Houston has gotten by. They have a tremendous defense and they have a lot of really high level athletes and that has gotten through the majority of their games. But close call against St. Mary's, who is a very, very good team. Close call against Kent State, who maybe not as good as St. Mary's, but also a very good team, a team that I could see easily upsetting some people in the NCAA tournament. Uh, But I want to see them against some really high-level athletes like what we see at Virginia, like what you see at Alabama. For now, I think that they are a contender, but that's going to tell us a lot more. Yeah, like you said, I agree with you. I think the strength of schedule has been decent, but the opponents that they've beaten have not necessarily been, I would say, like, incredibly strong as we've seen the weeks go by and so getting a test against Virginia and Alabama I think it's going to be really really good for them to kind of really see where they're at but that defense man yeah it's been something else for quite some time it's really really good this year mm-hmm. next team up Tennessee eight and one pretenders or contenders Andy you know I'm not as sold on Tennessee at this point I think they have really solid guard play they have a lot of young pieces so 
kind of how those young pieces continue to develop as the season goes on is going to be a big part of it. Uh, that Colorado game was absolutely baffling. I was, I told the story on the show on Locked On College Basketball already. I was actually watching that game with a buddy of mine who works in the Colorado Athletic Department who happened to be visiting here uh, in the Oregon area. So it was kind of fun to, to get a chance to watch that game. But Tennessee can do stuff like that. And those are the kind of things that scare you. And so I think I would probably lean towards them being a little bit more of a pretender than a contender. But uh, again, it's early December and with a lot of young pieces, a lot of new pieces, you could see that team kind of gel and hit their stride and really kind of take off as they get into conference play. Yeah, after that Colorado loss, I was not expecting a ton of them in the Bad Boy Mowers Classic, but I mean, they went and got wins against Butler, USC, Kansas, back-to-back-to-back, really solid stretch there. That's the question, though, Andy. You talk about the guard play. Is the outside shooting going to be there for them as well? Not exactly sure but Mm -hmm. right now i think they're definitely in the mix for for one of the better teams in college basketball uconn this is a team that i've been talking about them this is like the third or fourth time we brought them up Mm -hmm. in the last week on my show the uconn huskies undefeated Mm -hmm. they have just beaten florida beat the brakes off of them in uh in florida's gym uh just the other night uh really really impressive wins over alabama iowa state and like i just mentioned florida Mm -hmm. What do you think about the UConn Huskies, contenders or pretenders? I think UConn's absolutely contenders. I think they're legitimately title favorites at this point, or at least in that conversation alongside Houston, alongside Texas, Purdue, a couple of those other teams that we've seen towards the top. But UConn is deep. They are balanced. Adama Sanogo is a stud. Tristan Newton has been fantastic. This is a team that six or seven different guys can beat you. They're the only team in college basketball that is in the top 10 in Ken Palm offensively. And defensively, they are eighth in offense, fourth in defense, only team in that conversation. I think this is a really dangerous team. I think we'll see some slip-ups. They're certainly not going to be undefeated all the way through the national championship. Uh, But I do think this is a team that, as they start to get into Big East play, and the Big East doesn't necessarily have as many horses as they've had in previous years, especially with Villanova being down. I think UConn's going to win a lot of basketball games this year, and I think they're going to be in contention for a one seed and and potentially a team that a lot of people are putting in the national championship on their brackets. Yeah, we, we, we talked about that on yesterday's show about how the Big East is not necessarily having its best year. And that's mm-hmm. perfect for UConn, yeah. uh, who's probably going to not necessarily I'm, I don't want to sit here and say breeze through the schedule. But mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there are only like legitimate competition uh, is mm-hmm. Creighton for maybe that 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 title there. Maybe you yeah. look at Xavier as a potential candidate. But yeah, UConn right now. They are looking really, really good. I'm, I appreciate the fact that there's somebody out there that likes Kim Palm as much as I do. Because if you go <laughs> to the Kim Palm website and you see all these different adjusted efficiencies and averages and stuff, almost everything that they have right now statistically is in the green, which on yeah. Kim Palm is obviously really, really good. They've only got yeah. one thing that they're not good at, uh, which is free throw attempts over field goal attempts a game. I guess that essentially means putting opponents on the foul line. But mm-hmm. yeah, really, really solid team. The UConn Huskies have been telling Kentucky fans, we got to keep an eye on them. Yeah, absolutely. Next team here, Alabama, seven and one. They've gotten a couple of really good wins. Their most recent game, if I'm not mistaken, South Dakota State. I mean, they were struggling in that contest yep. up until very late. Uh, what do you think about this team? Are they a contender or they a pretender? Or I guess we we should kind of, I guess, wait until they play mm-hmm. Houston. I guess yeah. to see what they're really made of. But as of right now, what do you think? Yeah, the Houston game and the Gonzaga game are going to be two big barometers for this Alabama team. Uh, they look a little inconsistent to me, which generally would would push me towards calling them pretenders. I still think that talent-wise, this team is very good. Brandon Miller is a star. He's one of the best young players in all of college basketball, a truly 
truly fantastic talent, a really tough player to defend. We saw North Carolina basically go into shambles trying to figure out how to stop him uh, in that contest. Leaky Black did a good job, but ultimately North Carolina couldn't play their two bigs together in that game because of how Alabama was attacking them. That was, of course, that four overtime game, which I had the pleasure, I guess, of being at. Uh, It was a really fun contest. Uh, I think Alabama is very good. I'm a little bit apprehensive about their guard play, at least in terms of how consistent they can be for the entire season. The SEC is good this year. It's going to be a tough battle for them. Uh, Ultimately, I think they're going to be a team we're talking about in March as a potential Sweet 16 Elite Eight team. But I'm still jury's still out a little bit for me on Alabama. Uh, I'm right there with you, right there with you. A team that I gosh, I want to see them get into the ACC slate, Andy. I want to see what that conference does to them because the Virginia Cavaliers right now are undefeated. Uh, I had put here in the quote, if you're watching on YouTube, I can't believe it's not basketball. One of the slowest teams in all of college basketball, not the most exciting brand of basketball to watch, but they're definitely getting it done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Virginia, again, one of the teams that's closest to being in the top 10 in both offense and defense. They're actually not in either. They are 11th in offensive efficiency, 14th. Uh, in defense. And that's a little unusual for Virginia to actually be a better offensive team than they are defensively. They continue to be one of the slowest teams in all of college basketball from a tempo perspective. Uh, And yeah, I'm with you. I want to see what it looks like when they get into conference play. I want to see some of these upcoming games that they have. Uh, They have Houston coming up. That's going to be a really good game. Uh, It's first to 40 in that one, maybe first to 45 uh, for a victory there, but it's going to be kind of a, a barn burner. But Uh, Miami tough game coming up as well. It'll be interesting to see how Virginia does against some of that competition, but I think this team is absolutely legit and and definitely a team that could compete to win it all. But we've seen with Virginia in the past, this, this style of basketball often leads to, to ugly losses and you can't, you can't afford any of those once you get into March. It's something you interesting, you note they're talking about the efficiencies, regardless of pace. I mean, that's something that that national title team did really, really well. They were shooting really, really well, both from inside and outside the arc. But man, Tony Bennett likes to run things really, really slow. Again, I'm really curious to see what this ACC slate does to them, because I'm not particularly high on the conference this year. I don't see them getting out of it unscathed based on the style play that they have. So I'm right there with you. Think they're really solid. But let's Mm -hmm. just see what this conference slate does to them. Yep. The final team I want to talk about, obviously here, the Kentucky Wildcats, six mm-hmm. and two losses to Gonzaga, Michigan State. They're two games that they really needed to show up in. They did not yep. uh, close out in UCLA is going to be a huge game coming up. What do you think about the Wildcats th- so far? And do you think they have a chance to kind of maybe rebound here after a couple lo- uh, losses early? Yeah, I think they really needed to take one of those two games to at least prove that they could beat some of the big boys. Uh, you know, Gonzaga was both teams were coming off of losses uh, and kind of coming into that game pretty, pretty pissed off, really wanting to secure a victory. And and I thought that Gonzaga just seemed like they wanted it more in that contest. They had the this somewhat home court advantage. Obviously, it was not quite at Gonzaga's home stadium, but, you know, they had they had the home crowd there and they just seemed to out execute. Kentucky throughout the game. We've seen some injuries early in the year, which I'm sure has impacted this squad. I think Cason Wallace is an absolute star. He's been one of my favorite freshmen to watch this year. If they really ride him and let him do what he can do, both offensively and defensively, he's incredible on the defensive end of the floor, but he's more than just that. And, and I think with if, if he kind of leads the charge, obviously she weighs, he continues to, to get healthy. He's, his numbers are down a little bit this year, but he's still been fantastic. I think this team absolutely has the horses to contend, but uh, they haven't proven it yet. 
Absolutely. And that's something that I was talking about actually on yesterday's show, talking about Case and Wallace and his effective field goal percentage is like 64.2. And that's like third in the SEC. Yeah. That's a guard shooting 50 and 50, essentially mm-hmm. from beyond the arc and from uh, just the field as a whole. So yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about the what, what the Wildcats can do just based off the talent that they have alone. It's just whether or not the coaching can get there. Andy, I've got one more question for you before I let you go. I did not say that, tell you that I was going to talk about this. So far, obviously, we've had some really interesting wins and losses, different blowouts and things like that for different teams that are inside the top 25. What team has impressed you the most and what team has disappointed you the most uh, these first few weeks of the season? Uh, the most impressive team uh, is there's two that are really close since we already talked about UConn. I will pivot to my other team, which is Purdue, uh, the Boilermakers. We knew Zach Eady was going to be a star. It, the, the questions coming into the season for Purdue were, A, how many minutes is, he's going, is he going to be able to play? Because if you can only play 22 to 25 minutes per game, that really hampers their ability to be successful. And then how are the guards going to look, particularly the young guards? Both questions have been answered overwhelmingly. Eady's playing 30 minutes per game. The guards look fantastic. This is a really dangerous, scary team uh, in Purdue. Uh, in terms of disappointments, uh, I mean, if you're starting with preseason top 25, you got to say North Carolina, obviously four game losing streak. Uh, they returned basically all of their starters, brought in Pete Nance to replace Brady Manek. It seemed like on paper, a perfect kind of replacement, another guy who's a big who can shoot from the outside, but it hasn't, it hasn't gelled very well. The guards are too ball dominant in RJ Davis and Caleb Love. I think they took 60 combined shots in that four overtime game against Alabama. Uh, North Carolina looks like a team that that has a lot of work to do. Perhaps Hubert Davis will get them there uh, going into the March Madness again like they did last year as an eight seed, but uh, things have been pretty darn rough uh, in Chapel Hill so far. Andy Patton of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Andy, tell everybody where they can find your content, man. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Locked On College Basketball started about a month ago, so we've been having an absolute blast with this. Myself, co-host Isaac Shade, who also hosts the Locked On Tar Heels podcast. I also host the Locked On Zags podcast. So a lot of East Coast, West Coast basketball. We've had some great guests on the show. Uh, obviously like to have a lot of the Locked On hosts come on as well. I know Lance has been on. So uh, a great way to kind of get a, a good pulse of everything that's going on in college basketball talk to some former coaches, talk to some current coaches, former players. So uh, you can find it wherever you already find podcasts. It's on YouTube. Uh, you can go hit the subscribe button there on Twitter at Locked on CBB. You can find me on Twitter at Andy Patton CBB as well. Absolutely. Really, really good stuff over at the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Make sure you go check Andy and Isaac out. Andy, again, thank you so much for hopping on, man. Yeah, thanks, Lance. I appreciate it. It's always fun. All right, that was our conversation with Andy Patton of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Really appreciate Andy hopping on to talk about contenders and pretenders. If you've got any thoughts on anything that we talked about, uh, whether it be Houston, Kentucky, Alabama, Tennessee, leave it in the YouTube comments. Want to hear what you have to say about it. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can follow the show on Instagram. That is over at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.